Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, and joining me, as always, is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, dude? Not much, man. Uh, excited to talk about football for uh, one last time, at least the pre-show. And uh, looking forward to beating those Aints. Never liked them, won't like them, uh, haven't liked them since I've retired. And I really would enjoy crushing their dreams and, and taking the life out of their bodies by taking the playoffs away. That'd, that'd make me feel good, personally. <laughs> one last ride for the gang here uh, in terms of our preview show, and it's a big one. And I, it's a big one for this team, and I think that's really important, actually, because it would be really easy, and you could obviously speak to this more than I could, but for a team that just kind of had its playoff dreams ended, yeah, the week before the last week of the season. I don't know about you, dude, but I would be like clocked out. See you. Uh, I'm already booking. I'm calling my travel agent yep. uh, as soon as I get back from Buffalo. And I'm like, all right, two weeks. Where am I? You're yep. you're picking me the best spot. You're getting me a private island. Um, what's up? So how important is it for Atlanta that this week? Actually, they probably aren't doing that because like you said, it's it's hate week. It's the biggest rival you have, and you have the opportunity to keep them out of the playoffs. So yes. you may not have anything to play for, but that doesn't mean there isn't anything to play for. Absolutely. And the good thing about um, the Falcons situation is that they have so many free agents on their yeah. roster that all are trying to get uh, a jockey for position as far as their traffic <laughs> and get paid. And you're absolutely right. And you can't get paid. It's going to be harder to get paid if people watch what you're doing when no one's watching, when the typical player would take plays off, when, you know, some may not even fault you for not going all the way hard because you don't want to get hurt for the season. You're going to have to play for it. <laughs> yeah. The GMs, the coaches, you know, the football guys, they want to watch guys when they think no one's watching and see if that motor is only on for the cameras, for the lights, for the big games, or if that's part of who they are. So they can make a statement for this team and for themselves against the Saints. Yeah, it's it's a huge and great point by you because there are a lot of one-year contracts and there are a lot of veterans who are kind of at that point of their career where they may be, you know, two-year, three-year deals are, are the next year they're, or the next deal they're getting and they want to put 17 complete games together. Yeah. Um, and on the Falcon side, that's that's huge as well because now... Ideally, like you want a full season's worth of games to evaluate and to analyze. It looks like the Falcons have a pretty good chance um, of getting that. And so we will dig much deeper into the last game of the season. I can't believe we're already here, um, but we will get into all of that right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. I know the Falcons didn't do, uh, you know, particularly well at all against uh, the spread or probably in any form of uh, gambling uh, this 2021 season. But based on the way they performed, especially the uh, the way that they performed kind of later in the year, I expect that to change next season. And if you are inclined to take part in any Falcons betting next season or beyond, BetOnline is the best place to do it. It remains the number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season and many more sports uh, coming throughout the sports season. So 
keep them in mind. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Remember, guys, from any sport, whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, I could go on. Don't miss all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and the 2022 seasons when they get underway at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Ovi, before we get into this matchup, I want to do a quick recap of, of the Week 9 first meeting between these two teams. 27-25, Falcons victory in New Orleans. Always great to, uh, to win down there, um, you know, in, in stinky town or whatever yeah. we, we want to call it. Um, do you, if I set the over under for rushing yards that the Falcons had in the 27-25 win at 65, do you think they had over or under that amount of rushing yards? Um, I think they had under. They had 34 rushing yards. God dang. <laughs> 34 yards? 34. I, I think like Mike I'm Davis. 34. I want to say Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson combined or uh, both had like 10 rushing yards apiece on like what eight happened? carries. It was a bad rushing day. Bad. But on the flip side, Matt Ryan had one of his best games of the season. Yeah. He 23 of 30. 343 yards. There you go. When, Matt Ryan has not gone near 350 in a long time and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, Matt Ryan was balling in the Superdome yeah. in that last game. Cordero Patterson, of course, that 64-yard catch late in the fourth quarter. Huge. Helped set up the Falcons to win that game-winning field goal. He had 126 receiving yards. Kyle Pitts was in the 60s. Russell Gage was in the 60s. Um, all three of those guys, because it looks like Kyle Pitts is trending the right way, could be huge in this game as well. But the biggest difference, the biggest difference is at the quarterback position for the Saints. It looks like Taysom Hill, as he has been, you know, several times so far this season, could be the starter uh, for the Saints or will be the starter, I should say. Ovi, what are your thoughts on Taysom Hill? <laughs> oh, thank you, football gods. Thank you. Um, <laughs> No, Taysom Hill, he's a gritty, gutsy, all the great things they like to talk about him. Uh, blue collar, blah, 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 works hard. But he's, he's a special not, teams player. There you go. He's a special teams player playing quarterback. <laughs> and um, if you make Taysom Hill beat you in the pocket, unless it's just a magical night for him, he won't beat you by being a pocket quarterback. He wants to use the gadgets and the gizmos and the misdirection and the trick plays. And that's Taysom Hill's, uh, you know, shtick. And I think the Falcons are good enough on defense, especially what they showed last time, last week against the Bills. Like, I I still can't get over, not just the, the was it three turnovers they caused? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the fact that against the run, they seem to look so competent and solid. And, and dare I say, um, you know, athletic and, and they're passionate. I, I, I enjoyed watching that defensive run-stopping game that the Falcons put on display because – I didn't expect it um, against the Bills. I wanted it, but it, it surprised me. And they can bring some of that that energy, that fight um, to the Saints game. Oh, it's over. Taysom Hill is going to have a, a tough time being Taysom Hill. And I'd rather take him than Jameis Winston any day. 
<laughs> I think, um, you know, when you're talking about the, the Bills run game, I, I assume you mean Josh Allen because, you know, in the second second half there, they were able to get Devin Singletary going a little bit more. But but certainly the Josh Allen threat on the ground, yeah. having gone against him, a, you know, the week leading up to the Bills game, the Bills game itself really should help them. I mean, it's almost kind of like when you you look at Georgia and how they played, um, you know, like a triple option team or whatever mm-hmm. the week before playing Georgia Tech, they'd play like Georgia Southern or whatever to help them prepare for Paul Johnson's triple yep. option attack. It's a little bit kind of like that where the Falcons got a chance to play one of the better um, downhill running quarterbacks in this yeah. league the week before they play another. And that's really what Taysom Hill is, is he's more of a downhill running quarterback, even though he's a little smaller frame, but they like to run some of these read options where he is more the dive option instead of the kind of outside zone um, pull guy to, to take it outside. He likes to go downhill. He likes to lower his shoulder. Yeah, he wants he to does. get some of that juice. He wants to get some of that action. Thinks he's um, Cam Newton. He does. He does. But, <laughs> but you know, who is the closest comp to Cam Newton right now? It's probably Josh Allen. So again, like I think that there's some benefit to, to having played that and, you know, Foye Luikin versus Taysom Hill is one of the juiciest matchups I think we're going to have because you can kind of, it's almost like the NBA sometimes where we talk about matchups and it's like, oh, it's it's LeBron versus Steph or it's, you know, it's KD versus uh, James Harden or whatever. It's like those guys aren't going to guard each other. Like it's going to, it's it's like in the NFL when we talk about like it's Drew Brees Brady versus Matt Manning. Ryan. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> it's like, cool. If Peyton Manning is lining up a defensive end, then then I'm all in. I'm going to watch that. But this is like middle linebacker, downhill running quarterback. We're going to see a lot of those two guys. How do you like the Falcons matchup um, kind of against Taysom Hill, the runner? We win uh, with Foyer and Dion, especially Foyer. What is he? He's still leading the league in, in tackles. Yeah, he'll probably finish because Bobby and, Wagner, it looks like he's going to miss the last week of the, the season and he's number two on the list. So it's it, unless like Foyer even if he finishes with zero tackles, like he's kind of that far ahead. That's bananas. That's insane <laughs> to have our yeah. defense be so bad year after year, but for have a guy that's just, you know, a, a, like AJ Terrell as well, just a, a beacon of light. Cause Foyer, the man knows it's his contract year. The man is well aware <laughs> that um, his actions will get him paid. And he is giving us all the actions. But no, Foyer has the intelligence. He has the speed. He has the agility. Um, he has the footwork in order to lock Taysom Hill up. Like We, we win that matchup. So I, I'm so excited that Taysom Hill is the guy that's going to be uh, trying to beat us. And they're going to be using the Taysom Hill tricks to try and win because Foyer can uh, shut all that stuff down. Yeah, and I would really expect... Um because watching uh, watching the Saints kind of last few games, I, I started at the the Bucks game a couple of weeks ago on, in which um, you know the Saints have won two of those games. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Bucks. They shut mm-hmm. out the Bucks um, in that game a few weeks ago, nine nothing, which is one of the weirdest games. But Taysom Mill started in that game. He started against the Panthers. Two wins there. So what I've noticed as a passer, Taysom Hill really likes the ball over the middle. He, they like some of these later dig routes, these longer developing in routes where they can kind of maybe suck the linebackers up and then mm. get a safety preoccupied on one side of the field and just kind of fit it in right where the, the vacancy is over the middle of the field. He likes that throw or he likes 
kind of what we've seen from Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts or Cordero Patterson the last time these two teams played is that boundary kind of sideline throw, just a, a deep shot. Yeah. Those are the two things it seems like he's really most comfortable with outside of the normal stuff that any quarterback can throw, like a five-yard curl or whatever. Mm. But in that sense, what's going to be really interesting is having somebody like Foye, your middle linebacker, really being the number one option to guard against Taysom, the runner, and also then having to guard against, as a defense, that play action. You don't want him biting so hard coming up to, to take on the run that then you leave yeah. that big... So I would expect the Falcons to actually play a good amount of maybe robber in this game is where you occupy that middle of the field gap with with one of your safeties. Yeah. Um, but Marquez Callaway, somebody we talked to a lot of fantasy people talked a lot about before the season because he was blowing up in the preseason. Didn't do a lot, but he's done a lot lately. He had 112 yards a couple of weeks ago, uh, 97 yards last week. More than Alvin Kamara, I think Callaway is my X factor um, in this game. but. Let's just I'm going to open it up to you to go anywhere outside of Taysom Hill on the Saints offense. Is it Kamara? Is it Callaway? Is it, you know, Mark Ingram? What what are you looking at on the Saints offense? I'm worried about Kamara because uh, you already know Taysom Hill is not going to be. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Jason. James Winston. He's not an elite quarterback. You have to worry about it's not Matt Ryan. He's Taysom Hill, uh, which awkwardly has been good enough to win some games so it's not like <laughs> you know he he's nobody his tricks can still get, get to work but when you have a quarterback that has question marks like that you have to rely on your running game and alvin Kamara can go off when he wants to and yeah if he has one of those games where he's feeling himself and he's all lathered up and he started getting to a rhythm even our bet our effort against the bills won't stop him if alvin Kamara Kamara's in the zone yeah and so we got to make sure he doesn't get started. We got to make sure he doesn't find early success because that gives the offensive line and him and the coaches, oh, he's fit, he's feeling it. Feed him. <laughs> Feed him some more. Let's get him some more touches. Let's get him in the rhythm. No, you don't want them to feel that. You want them to feel like, all right, they're shutting down Alvin Kamara, making Taysom Hill beat us because that's where we want the ball to be. We want Taysom Hill to beat us, not Alvin Kamara getting you know four yards on first down, getting three or four, and then getting first down and just – thing ahead of the sticks. That's bad news for us. Alvin Kamara is one of those guys where all of a sudden you can look up and it's 10 minutes left in the second quarter and he's got like 64 rushing yards. Yeah. And and you're just kind of like, what the hell? Where did, did that, that come happen? from? And yeah. and like 42 receiving yards. And you're yeah. kind of like, man's already over 100 and we've got 32 minutes left to go in this yeah. game. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because Deion Jones figures to be the best matchup. You know, he's he's been the Falcons answer to guys like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey for years. I mean, is it as simple to say like the Falcons defense versus the Saints offense comes down to the two middle linebackers and the two guys in the backfield? Because I, I mean, I kind of think it does. To say that. I mean, I, you, you think you're right, but we've talked about outside of Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell, those being the heart and soul of the defense. I'd love those guys to be in charge of whether we win or whether we lose, because you know they're going to give it their all, and you know that they're talented enough to to win those matchups. Yeah, and I've been in, in the building enough times to see Deion Jones pull off some some big magic against the Saints. So be great, great for him to do so again after a little bit of an up-and-down season. But let's flip sides of the ball. Look at the Falcons' offense, Saints' defense, um, because I mentioned Kyle Pitts kind of trending in the right way. Hamstring injury, did not practice yesterday, got a limited session in today. 
Obviously, it's scary stuff for Falcons fans anytime the hamstring injury gets brought up because that's what Julio Jones dealt with for a lot of the second half of his career. Big key here is that Kyle Pitts is like 21 and (laughs) Julio Jones was like 28. Um, So, you know, the hamstring bounces back a little bit quicker when when you're younger, you're a little more spry. And I think it was important that they did kind of pull him out of that second half of that game pretty quickly once it was apparent that he couldn't do anything. So it's not like he really strained it more in the cold. But how huge will it be for the Falcons to have Kyle Pitts out there, even at like, let's say, 75% on Sunday? We would have beat the Bills if Kyle Pitts was out there the second half of the game. I feel confident about that because um, we were on And the Matt Ryan road. call had gone the right way. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, that, yeah, yeah. that would have happened because we have been, you know, in such a lead with Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I just, I just hate it that we're going to be like, you know, I wonder what would have happened if uh, Kyle Pitts was there. But no, with with Kyle healthy, with Kyle playing, he wants to finish strong. So I feel very confident that Kyle Pitts can make a huge impact on this game if he is able to to stay healthy and keep that hamstring from bothering him. Yeah, and he's like something like fifty nine yards away. From from setting the the all time rookie uh, yeah. tight end receiving record, so that that's huge as well. Also, just man, shout out to Mike Ditka, like one of the like <laughs> fourteen games, and Kyle Pitts is still. Uh, it's just blows the mind. Um, yeah, that it's that dude. Really, it's not fair to say that he broke the record with seventeen games. Like I guess like yeah. eighteen, nineteen, twenty games in like ten years. Oh, I broke well, you know <laughs> Mike Ditka's record and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you got more games. Of course, you broke yeah. the record. I mean. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it just after losing John Madden, it makes you think about like kind of the other football icons. Mike Dicka doesn't get talked enough about just like what he's meant to to football and, and he'll get his time. Like we'll yeah. we'll honor him when when it all comes around. But um, hopefully, you know, before the ultimate ending. But. So Matt Ryan was so good the last time these two guys, these two teams played, but I really think that the Saints defense has kind of taken it up a level ever since Jameis Winston you know, removed as, as quarterback there, and they've had all of this stuff. Like, Taysom Hill has been winning some games, but it's it's been the defense. I mean, a yeah. 9 to nothing shutout against Tampa Bay, that, that credit does not go to the offense on that one. <laughs> credit goes to the defense. And it's been Cam Jordan. He's always, you know, been... Uh, Falcons fans know exactly what he is off the defensive line. Monster. But on the other side, Marcus Davenport, really over the last few games, I have been so impressed with just the tenacity he's played with off the edge. Great jump off the ball and uses his hands well, can kind of do these stunts, twists. I think he's going to be the X factor for me on defense from kind of a pass rush standpoint because when it's happened for the Falcons, it's come in bunches. And and I think that because Matt Ryan played so well last time these two teams played, and I I have no reason to believe he's not going to be capable of of putting up kind of similar numbers. He knows this defense as well as any quarterback in the league. Marcus Davenport, though, to me, could wreck things. What are your thoughts on the offensive line? It's been oh, it's been up and down. Oh. You've been as critical as as anybody. Yes. Uh, what, what? How do you like their chances? Well, um, I've been critical for a reason because they've been terrible, and I'm going to keep on being critical <laughs> because. Against the Saints, I, I just know that one defensive threat is uh, is doable. You can handle that. When you have two, it's it's almost like a, a guaranteed cluster F. Uh, and and <laughs> with Cam Jordan being somebody that they're going to focus on, double and chip, 
but you have Marcus on the other side. I, I just don't know. I don't trust our offensive line to keep Matt Ryan safe, happy, and healthy. And <laughs> that's important <laughs> when games. Uh, you need a quarterback who feels safe, happy, and healthy. So, no, uh, you're, you're right. Marcus is absolutely going to be an X factor. And it's going to be uh, an issue of our offensive line having one of their best games because at the end of the season, I can tell you as a, a blocker of the run and a blocker of the pass, um, you, you get tired quicker. Uh, sometimes in the fourth quarter, you know, you get tired. You get tired in the, in the second, in the third quarter. It's a long season. These are long games. And just the wear and tear of the banging and the hitting and, you know, all of the, the impact that you're, you're taking, it, it wears on guys. And these offensive linemen, you can't get sloppy. You, you can't say, all right, we're almost there. I can ease up a little bit. You have to go faster as you get close to the finish line in order to uh, meet the level of effort that's, that's needed in order to win. So I'm, I'm hoping that they give that that effort because because Matt has had a long, long year <laughs> in getting hit and sacked and hurried and all that stuff. I would say, you know, that I that I had hoped you would have been fortunate enough fortunate enough to never have been in this situation but i know that's not true given the 2007 uh, falcon season but yeah i was there <laughs> what have you ever been part of a game where the other team is kind of fighting for their playoff lives and you guys are already out of it and if so is there like a real difference in the give a shit factor between two teams or because you guys are all professionals is it still pretty <laughs> much like a like a normal game no, you. It, we're all professionals. Unfortunately, we're, we're all human too. We're human professionals, and we seem to. Uh, some of <laughs> I'm us a professional think, human, <laughs> and you do very well, Will, at being a professional human. <laughs> Have me fooled. Uh, I've seen guys um, in real time, and especially on film, because the eye in the sky does not lie in high school, college, and especially not the NFL. You'll see guys um, give up a little bit earlier when they're chasing somebody down. <laughs> yeah. You'll see guys not finish the, their block, and usually they do. You, you'll see guys, I mean, if you have nothing to play for. Now, at first, everyone comes out there. We want to look good. They want to look good. Uh, but if you have something to play for, end of the second quarter, that third quarter, especially that fourth quarter, they mm -hmm. are going all out because they want to play another game. They know they have another opportunity. Yeah, we want to make them lose. We want to beat them, pride and everything else. But, you know, we don't make any more money if we win. They get a playoff check. They get a chance to, you know, win the playoffs. They get a chance to to do some things that a lot of some of them haven't done before. So there, there definitely is a difference in teams who have that extra motivation rather than teams who just want to be a spoiler. Yeah, and and that's where I think that, like we said, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue for this Falcons team. I was just curious, but. That's why it's so huge that this is kind of the last game of the season where it's it's not just that you get to maybe keep a team out of the playoffs. It's that you get to keep this team out of the playoffs. And, you know, it's it's kind of like, hey, if we're going down, we're taking you with us. Yes. There were years where they've done that shit to us a couple of times where I remember <laughs> yeah. like there's nothing for the Saints to play for. And they're like, ah, but we want to get the Falcons out of there. We yeah, screw you guys. Their, their uh, Christmas or their holidays or their, their new year. Not as great as it could be. So uh, uh, we got to return the favor. Oh, yeah, man. And, the, and all the years they've come out and taken pictures on the on the logo yep. at midfield after. Yep. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> these guys are going to give them all, give it all they got. So big question for this game, Ovi. Do the Falcons finish with more than 34 rushing yards? 
more than my number uh, of rushing yards? Uh, yes. <laughs> God, yes. They, Can they, they get to, to Jason Snelling's number? Yeah. <laughs> He's a 44. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yes. Uh, they, they got to. They got to beat me, Michael Turner, Jason Snelling. They, they need to get like, you know, over 85 yards for me to even be satisfied, you know, slightly satisfied. Because, um, you know, I'm a fan of the run game. And against this team, I know that they're going to be coming from Matt Ryan. We spoke about Cam and Marcus. They're going to be coming from Matt Ryan. The way they are yeah. thinking twice is if Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson are giving them a run for their money. And they're saying, all right, go upfield if you want to. We're going to duck right underneath that, get three yards here, five yards here, get maybe 12 here. And if we have that threat of the run, uh, an effective run game, not one that <laughs> ends up with one yard and getting st- stand- stood up at the line of scrimmage, we have an effective <laughs> run game that makes Matt's life a lot less hazardous and uh, a lot more effective when it comes to doing what he did last time, which was, you know, being uh, a conductor of the uh, air ball and <laughs> pass it to whoever he wanted. Yeah, it, I think that your point is spot on because that's the way I expect the Saints to really attack the Falcons uh, in this game is because Matt Ryan, I mean, again, diced him up. 23 of 30, seven incomplete passes, like 300 and almost 50 yards. That's insane. So yeah. he was the issue for, for the Saints last game. Mike Davis led the Falcons with 13 rushing yards. Their number one game plan is going to be stop Matt Ryan, stop this passing attack, because, you know, teams are a little uh, reactive when it comes to all this stuff. I think that I would expect to see from the Falcons um, outside of their normal run game plan, their their run designs, some screens early on, uh, wide receiver and running back screens. And we've actually also seen the Falcons try to maybe land that first punch against a defense that they expect to be aggressive. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if in their first five plays or so, if they can extend their first drive a little bit, if we see a deep shot that's like a two-receiver route just to see all right, are the Saints going to bring that safety? Can we get them maybe in a bad look and and just hit a big play right off the jump? Uh, Arthur Smith is is dialed up a few of those, but I, like you said, they need to really control this game a little bit more than they have recently. Uh, the Bills dominated time of possession. The Saints, even in, in the Falcons' first win, won the time of possession by about five minutes. I'd like to see the Falcons be able to really establish their offense. Yeah. Run the ball set up the play action, extend these drives, get some 10 play, 12 play drives and just look like a full complete football team that they kind of were against the bills. Now you've got some even competition. Keep playing like that. And let's see, you know, if you're not the ones coming out on top 30 to to 19, that would be nice. I mean, I want to win, but I want to get a little (laughs) greedy. I want want to get a little bit, you know, selfish and say, why can't we blow out somebody? Have we blown out somebody this year? I, I don't know if we have. Have we blown no, out? No, no. That's, I like, mean, that's that was why the thing, the seven and two, uh, one score thing. I was like, yeah, but that's right. all your wins. That's all yeah. your wins. I mean, yeah, you could spin that as a great thing, but really, like, why can't we just blow somebody out? Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you, Will William. Um, I'm going to be at attendance. This is my second Falcons game I'm going to, but I'm all taking right. my family. So my wife Masika, my daughter Olivia, my other daughter Nasia, my son, my mighty son. Obasi uh, <laughs> will be going and gracing the Falcon Stadium, and we're sitting in the family and friends section. So I get oh, to nice. see some of yeah. the family of the players who I've never met. I, I know Grady's a uh, family. I know some of the other people's uh, family. Dude, 
Yeah, uh, Grady's hope, mom hope, is always there. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, um, hope Matt's kid. No, Matt's kids probably are special, super sweet. I want to see the uh, little <laughs> ice cubes. Um, so yeah, no, I'm going to the game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, show my my family the stadium and do the meet and greet earlier and go to the fancy suites and sign some autographs. Tend to be uh, super yeah. famous, so it's fun. <laughs> Now being down on the on the field before the games is always always a lot of fun to kind of just like mingle, see everybody. Um, yep. But that's awesome. I'm I'm super happy for you, and that'll be a really cool experience. Hopefully, hopefully the roof is open. Yes. Um, you know, hopefully all the rain that we've had lately oh. blows out. It's a great great afternoon, not too cold. There's a chance it looks like it might be. So that would be awesome, a great experience. Um, and and hopefully you know they they can get a win. Um, but before we kind of get into our last thoughts and predictions. I want to ask you one more thing, kind of I've had this like on our spreadsheet, the the locker room message, but I've morphed it more into just like, I want to ask you like a player centric, something that like only you could answer question. And one of the things I was always fascinated about um, when covering the team was the notion of, you know, division games were important. Yes, because they were in your division and they mattered more, but it was also kind of the second time that you saw a team. And the Falcons, when I was covering them, it was one of those weird situations where in like back to back years, they would play the Saints in like week 13 and then 15. So they saw there was only like one game in the middle. Yeah. And they were so close to each other. So I was fascinated by, you know, what are the adjustments that a team makes when the film that you're watching is literally like, oh, this was us against them two weeks ago. Yeah. And <laughs> just just no, like overreacting to this went really poorly. So now we have to totally go in the other direction. All of that. like. What's it like playing a team a second time? Are all the adjustments like overblown? And really, once you get down to the nitty gritty, it's it's more just still mano a mano, who's better, all that stuff. Or do you really go into games like this with a totally different game plan informed by what you saw from them the first time around? It's uh, I'd say the latter. And I, I loved playing teams like week 13, week 15, because that way it's not just me watching film and that's, how I was one of the better fullbacks in the league was because I watched crazy amounts of film and I probably overanalyzed every step the linebacker took, you know, every angle of the block, you know, the leverage I took, you know, just, um, you know, all, all the small minutia of the details that would give me um, an edge. So I personally love that because they didn't have enough time to change all that stuff. I hated watching film from 10 weeks ago. I'm like, <laughs> not even doing that anymore. They're not even running those yeah. players. Like when, when the, yeah, that guy's the safety, hurt. Yeah, that guy's not even on there anymore. When the safety gets in the A gap, you know, they're probably not even going to blitz like that anymore. Right? They, they have a whole <laughs> new set of blitzes. But when it's back to back or, you know, a week and a half, a week, two games uh, away, I'm like, all right, I can learn this. I can study this. I can look for the tendencies. I can see when the linebacker taps this, the, the tackle this way and they, they scoot over. Usually they're blitzing this way or they're going to be heavy on this side. I know that and I can use that and it gives me an edge. And I, they always try to change a little bit, but they can't change enough to where all my preparation is, you know, null and void. So it still allows me to, if I want to put the time in, which I do get a huge edge that most of the players wouldn't have. And uh, it, it, I, I feel like it just makes the, the game more fun because then you can just play football. Once your mind has, has a, a understanding of, the technicality and the X's and O's, then it's just about, all right, let's turn it on. Let's take off those <laughs> limiters. You know, let, let's, let's yeah. go crazy and just uh, play ball, which I, I love. 
So because there is that extra personnel familiarity, do you think the scheme then matters like a little bit more? Because you there's there's like less, I think, that you could fool Demario Davis with. And there's yeah. probably less that he could fool you with because you guys yeah. have just age. It's fresh in your memory. But B, then you can see it on tape and you're like, OK, yeah, I remember he did this and I need to watch out for this next time. So it's like you kind of know each other's moves. So then it's up to the coaching staff to like a use that knowledge against the player or just come up with something different. Like, it, do you sense that those games kind of more come down to coaching? I, I think it does for the team who's less talented, for, for the team okay. who can say, you know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. We know that you know that we know that you know what we're doing. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. And it's fourth and one. We're running down your throat and stop us if you can. So if it, if that's the case, then you just keep doing what you're doing. But if you're the other team that doesn't have the talent, which tends to be the Falcons more often than not, you have to get creative, like you mentioned, scheme-wise. You have to get cute with some of your blitzes. You have to DMPs that shit and, and get these linebackers <laughs> blitzing from all over the the um, uh, you know uh, field and getting back, causing trouble for the quarterback. And that's where we're at. We need to look at the Saints and figure out how do we create that chaos on defense that we gave to Josh Allen? How, how do we create that pressure, Josh Allen, uh, uh, to uh, Taysom Hill that we gave to Josh Allen? How, how do we create just that uncertainty? Because the quarterback was uncertain because he was a little bit pressured, a little bit rushed, thrown across his body, and the looks that he was given obviously wasn't what he studied because he threw it in places that uh, his receivers were not. And some of it was tipped balls. Some of it was uh, just... I want to say luck. You create your own luck. And the Falcons created their own luck with some of these turnovers. But um, I, I just really think that on in the areas where we know we're deficient at, that's where our coaches got to show up and show out. And they did that last week, and they need to do it again this week because this time we'll win. Really well said. Um, so with that, I mean, let's let's just move on to our to our final thoughts and, and predictions for the last preview episode uh, of this 2021 season. Um, Sovia, I know you mentioned Alvin Kamara a little bit earlier. Um, if, and if you want to talk about him a little bit more here, that's that's totally fine. But uh, whether it be him or anybody else, who do you think is kind of the X factor in this game on for either team? Well, one of the X factors is the, the almost the easy answer outside of Kamara is Taysom Hill because I'm I am biased, and so I think he's a bum. I think he's a lucky bum who doesn't <laughs> play quarterback who gets lucky. And the fact that you even said that there's a Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston quarterback competition, the insult to Jameis Winston and all quarterbacks everywhere because Taysom Hill is not a quarterback, and yet he has found ways to win games <laughs> for this team in the most frustratingly simple um you know gimmicky ways and, and if he can turn that gimmick foolishness up to a level to where him and his you know sometimes genius head coach Sean Payton are pulling out all the stops for the Falcons it could be a problem so I don't think that Taysom Hill is super uber talented but I do think that he has a crazy spirit. I hate using these silly intangibles that coach all. Oh, I like heart. <laughs> heart and spirit, you know, they factor sometimes. Most of the times, it's just talk for you. Don't, you don't have talent. Uh, but Taysom Hill does have a lot of fight in him. And if he, like like Kamara, finds some early success and really starts 
getting that mojo, he can be dangerous. And I don't want a guy like that to even come close to being responsible for making this game close or for beating us. <laughs> you use the terms heart, spirit, fight, and mojo to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to describe Taysom <laughs> Hill. Cliche, cliche, cliche. Out <laughs> of all. I'm like, yeah. all right, what does any of that mean? But Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Like, I remember the I, Titans. I think, I think I like Taysom Hill a, a little bit more than, than you. Um, you know, I no, he, he doesn't offer a lot to me in terms of, uh, of like dynamics at the quarterback position, but you can do a lot with him. Um, and so, yeah, he's a perfect X factor for a game like this because it's probably true. You know, if Taysom Hill has a great game that then that's going to be huge for the, the saints. And if he doesn't, yes. then it's going to be huge for the Falcons. So uh, a true X factor there. I'm, my, you know, I'm gonna, I'm cheating a little bit, but I'm, I'm kind of cheating on purpose because we have not talked about this person, um, really at all or by far with? enough. Oh yeah, definitely the uh, AJ Terrell, yep, Kyle I Pitts, Cord- Cordero Patterson. Uh, no, mine is oh. Young Way Koo. Mine is Young Way Koo. Um, the, oh. the dude who was the X factor the first time around between these two teams. I, I think that because you know I mentioned the Saints defense being really good, uh, like they are underratedly really good. I think that this is going to be a game where the the Falcons have some trouble once they get down into the kind of the high red and and into the red zone. Um, but I think that they're going to want to put points on the board because I think that this, unlike the last couple of games, unlike with Buffalo, um, unlike with San Francisco, Tampa Bay, these types of games, I think they feel like they could win a 24 to 21 game against Taysom Hill and the Saints. And I, I think that unlike trying to be on the road, making a statement early with their offense, punching it in. I could see their opening drive going down, getting down to the 17 yard line. And it's a, you know, third and three and, you know, a, a false start or an incomplete pass and them bringing on young way instead of maybe going for it right then just get some points on the board at home, get the momentum, you know, that type of situation. I think it's going to be a big day to close out a big season for young way. I'm not saying he's going to kick the game winner. I don't think the Falcons win this game without him. If they do, great. Then this is a year-long season award for Youngway, who has once again been <laughs> awesome. And kickers yeah. matter when they're good. And when they aren't good, they don't matter. But he's a good <laughs> kicker, so he matters. <laughs> there you go. Way to be fair about it. Do, let's do one more. Who is the running back that we are talking more about when this game is over? Alvin Kamara or Cordero Patterson? Oh, CP. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to stop him because he had so much damage uh, against that defense. But uh, I know that he is a free agent as well. He wants to stay with the team. He wants to get paid. And this is his last uh, you know, dress rehearsal for why should a team spend their money on me? And um, yeah, he's going to go off. I-, I-, I love his game. I love his swagger. I love what he does off the field, his personality, throwing balls with the kids. Uh, I-, I feel like he has the the, the, the mental focus to not let this moment be too big for him. So we're going to talk about Cordero Patterson having another big game. Once again, I agree with you. Uh, and if people saw on social media this week, a lot of love from him towards Atlanta. Um, obviously, he's really enjoyed being here. I think the fan base has really accepted him. He's had a lot of success. I wouldn't be shocked if he's, if he's back in Atlanta next year or for the immediate future, however long that be. Um, so I completely agree with you on that. And hopefully that means great things for Atlanta, like it did the last time around. Last question before we get to our predictions. Ovi, how important is it for you as you look back on the whole 2021 season? 
is the outcome of this final game. If they lose on Sunday, will you feel drastically different about 2021? If they win on Sunday, will you feel drastically different about 2021? Or is it just kind of, you know, all gravy? If I lose, I won't feel different. Uh, if if they win, man, if I, sorry, if they lose, I won't feel drastically different because I didn't, uh, after I learned who they were the first couple of games, I didn't expect much <laughs> out of them. I did get sucked up into the hype of, you know, new regime and new this, new that. I thought they would win 10 games. And, uh, I was just, Kyle, I thought Kyle Pitts was going to be, you know, dominant from day one. And he was still was dominant, but I thought he was going to, like, keep us from losing these games. I forgot to factor in how bad the offensive line was. Uh, so we don't win this game. I'm not going to feel drastically uh, different. I'm going to still be very impressed at the season. If we win this game, uh, it still won't be drastic, but I, I will be that much more sold. And I already am sold that we're going to be a really good team. next year. And that's just not, that's not just me being optimistic because I want us to be a good team. I think we definitely are because uh, again, Terry Fontenot, the man who with the plan is going to make sure that he looks at the season, sees what our deficiencies are, see what our holes are. And finally, unlike Dimitrov, finally find some solutions, like find some Cordero Patterson's for the offensive line. Find some Cordero Patterson's for the defensive line and not <laughs> him directly, but guys who you've never heard of. You don't think can be that guy, but we've done some research. We've gotten some side deals going. We were able to find some diamonds in the roughs. We found the Cordero Patterson of the defensive end position that can go out there and surprise us all and get sacks. Or the quarter passing of the offensive line where we can, you know, protect Matt Ryan and not get beat up and bullied by bigger defensive linemen. So uh, I think if we win this game, I'll feel that much more confident that uh, what's going to happen next year is going to happen next year and happen in a flashy, wonderful, beautiful way. There you go. Go get the Carl Nassib or the Max Crosby of pass rushers and, yep. and go bring them over here. Um yep. Either of those two guys would be good, honestly. I'll take but, it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 100% agree. If if they win, I, like I predicted them to go seven and ten, right at the beginning of the season. So like, if they lose, it, it's it's I'm in sweet spot. <laughs> it's <laughs> You're one like, of those oh, where it's like I it's it's like hedging your bet perfectly, where it's kind of like, hey, look, if they win, like I'm gonna be happy. If they lose, I'm gonna come into some money. Uh, what's up? But no, it, I mean if. I obviously don't want them to lose because as they've played, I think that they are it, like knowing what I know now, I would have adjusted my my prediction probably to like nine and eight, but eight and nine feels like a more suiting record for the way that this team has played throughout the season. Um, and obviously sweeping the Saints, which I don't think they've done since 2016, would be huge. And yeah. it would signal a little bit of a changing of the guard. I know Tampa Bay kind of snuck in there and mm. stole the 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 mantle hey, from the Saints at the end. You want to, and we're just going to be here in the first place. It, yeah, exactly. Just like pirates just coming in and raiding it and taking <laughs> it for a couple of years. and <laughs> Horrible. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Ovi, what's a pirate's favorite letter? Uh, R? No, it's the C. Oh! <laughs> oh my god there I'll you go. my kids <laughs> come for the analysis stay for the pirate jokes we're not even playing the bucks oh my god alright before we lose our minds Ovi final prediction for Sunday oh, I'm saying it's going to be a 28-21 Atlanta win alright that's solid I am actually saying 27-23 so uh, 
we're close. I so was one off close. last time. I was almost there. So close. <laughs> so close. To I know that's always imaginary awards. It's always a good, yeah, because you're like, this doesn't even mean anything. Nobody even knows it, but just you're gonna, you're just gonna have a little pep in your step for the rest of the evening. <laughs> yes, honey, you want me to get the dishes? Like, oh, that's so thought. You're like, yeah, nothing can touch me right now. I picked a score right. <laughs> um, but all right, Ovi, before we get out of here uh, for the last time on a preview podcast this season, you got anything else for our listeners? No, uh, wife and I finished the uh, Lost in Space season three, and we were very, very satisfied with how it ended. Wrapped everything up in a bow and uh, felt good. We watched some of it with the kids, a little kid friendly Netflix show, and it was uh, it was fun. So, uh, I'm enjoying family in 2022, I'm trying to make more time to uh, nice. spend that with my, my babies. Uh, and uh, I, I suggest everyone does the same thing. Lost in Space, great family uh, series. <laughs> Check it out. Have you? Have you checked out Arcane on Netflix? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> daughter, the 12-year-old, we watched it twice in a row. And it was just so, wasn't it reminds me of Spider-Man, the Spider-Man cartoon, Into the Spider-Verse with uh, the Black Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That's what okay. it reminds Miles. me of. Yeah, 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 yeah animation-wise. But it's so good animation. It's so The animation good is great. So and you- when they do the... The time jump. I don't want to get too many spoilers, but you know the time. Yeah, jump. I'm only halfway through. Okay, uh, it's it's so amazing. So I'm not going to spoil it for you, but yeah, Arcane is worth the watch. So you you know uh, Brian Kearns, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for for listeners, hey, he was on this podcast earlier, uh, <laughs> one of our earlier shows, but a uh, former Falcons uh, communications director um, now works for Riot. Riot Games, the uh, studio that that does League of Legends and made Arcane. So oh. he, he was the first one that, that clued me into it. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, BC, it took me a little bit to get around to it, but awesome show. It's on Netflix. Everybody check it out. Um, definitely kind of like an original story based on the League of Legends yep. uh, whole property, but really, really cool graphics and animation. Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm fully behind the Imagine Dragons uh, intro song, but... It- it, it 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 finds a way to be okay because it was a bit much at first, you know. It's just like there you heavy go. at first, there but you go. it 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 really uh it, it's appropriate as the show goes on. You'll 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 learn to it love. It is, it. yeah. No, I'm I'm super into it. Uh, Jinx right now, loving her. Oh, um, so all right, well, there's uh, Arcane Corner. For uh, for everybody. So um, as always, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow Ovi Mahaley on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley thirty four. You can follow myself at Will McFadden. Um, you can read my stuff at the Falcoholic. And please let everybody know. I know it's the last preview episode. Ovi and I were just talking before recording. We're going to figure out kind of our off season plan. Um, it's not going to be a desert land for everybody. Um, we'll figure out some, some fun stuff, certainly draft season. We will uh, be bringing you guys some coverage, but we will hopefully have that all figured out um, relatively soon. Uh, rate the podcast now on Spotify. You can, uh, you can rate podcast, please five stars, unless you absolutely hate us, in which case just <laughs> do it begrudgingly and then just give us four and a half. Um, we appreciate it uh, so much. This has been really fun all season long. I didn't know where the, where the journey was going to take us when we began, um, but I've really appreciated kind of seeing how it's grown. 
we've got a decent size following now. And, and so we're doing moderately well, I would say. Um, and it's been really encouraging. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you guys for listening this season. And as always, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.